Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. Have you always dreamed about becoming a best-selling author? Well, I can make that dream come true for you if you're interested in writing a chapter for my next compilation book, Transforming Pain into Purpose, Triumphant Tales of Empowerment. If you're interested in learning more about writing and contributing to this compilation book, I'll put my contact info in the show notes. Please feel free to send me a DM on Facebook, or you can reach out to me through Instagram to learn more about this incredible opportunity to become an international best-selling author. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Genevieve Searle. She is known as the Optimization Queen, an epigenetics profiler, a TEDx speaker, and a number one best-selling author. Welcome, Genevieve. It is such an honor and a pleasure to have you here with me today to share in your story and your journey. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Thank you so much for the intro and having me on here. It's exciting. Well, thank you for getting up extra early to participate in this interview and podcast with me. I know it's 6 a.m. on your side of the globe, so I just want to say that I appreciate your flexibility and understanding around the time zone difference. And I'm really excited to have you here and I'm looking forward to jumping in and sharing about your journey and your story. Yeah, thank you. I'm actually loving, I've got quite a lot of clients and contacts and connections all over the world. And I do love the dance. It's like, oh, how are we going to make this work? It's (laughs) It's always fun figuring that out. (laughs) So as mentioned, Genevieve, you are all of those things, an optimization queen, epigenetics profiler, TEDx speaker, a number one bestselling author. You're also a Boteco breathing instructor. You are certified in Reiki level two. All of these things, you wear a hell of a lot of hats and that is quite a resume. So I got to ask, how on earth do you find the time for all of this? And how important is prioritization and organization to you in order to stay on top of things? Yeah, you know what? Everything that I've done, so there are a whole bunch of modalities that haven't even been listed there because they go on for forever. And what I have found is that over time, I have just been internally led to follow the pathways that have brought me here. And interestingly, when we talk about epigenetics profiling, one of the things that is really powerful for is actually helping you align your life right down to aligning your day to be as in flow as possible. So I actually lean right into that and lean into my individual profile and the recommendations in there that show me how to have everything as fluid and smooth sailing as possible. Very appropriate. There we go. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very curious, being a serial entrepreneur and wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? At the moment, it's a little bit out, but as a general rule, I love to just take it slow for my body. My my system just needs time to wake up. I have a great capacity later in the day. So yes, Brad, getting me up at six o'clock in the morning is like, you know, that is commitment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But generally I like to get up and just, you know, just take it quite slow, have a cup of tea, eat a bit later, maybe go for a walk. I really love going for really easy early morning walks out in nature. That is a game changer for me. And yeah, it just brings me into myself. I have to say I'm very honored then to your dedication for getting up extra early to do this with me. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. You being a serial entrepreneur, have you always had this entrepreneurial bug within you? And if so, where do you think that comes from? I think I've always been a visionary. And ultimately, my desire on this planet is for the evolution of humanity, really. It's a big call, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it is. it is. And that's my driver. So yeah, in, in that respect, I have always known that somehow we could do it better. And also personally, so it's, a, you know, the evolution of humanity always starts within yourself. So 
for me, it's been navigating my own life and really coming through needing to heal and sort of getting beyond that needing to heal stage and into how can we do this as good as possible, which is why, you know, that's where the optimization queen bit comes from. Right. How do we do life? How do we do everything? How do we do health, relationships, everything? How do we do it as good as possible? And you know, what would it take for that? So that's always been my driver for myself, for my family, and also for my clients. It's quite a dance to navigate and orchestrate this thing we called life. There's so many facets and aspects to it. So we have to be mindful of how we do that and go about that. Absolutely. And I, you know, with such a big dream of mine, (laughs) (laughs) there are a lot of people out there and, and who are what they would call healers, I guess, in their own way. And very often those people will sacrifice themselves to the point of, you know, you know, martyrdom and potentially real damage because they haven't learned that balance. So learning that balance is really, really vital because if we don't learn it, we are actually no use to anyone. And I've learned this on the hard way. It's yeah. Like, been very challenging to realize how important it is to strike that balance so that I actually have something to offer rather than it it being wasted or you know un, unrealized or invested in the wrong areas and that's a constant process too because we are always evolving as human beings so we have to continually work on these things and practice them and put these things into practice Absolutely. What inspired your journey into the world of epigenetics and all of the modalities you're trained in, frankly? Did, did some of this journey, to, or did this journey begin with some of your own personal struggles? So I guess the, the most obvious personal struggle was I was raped at 18 and that obviously had a big impact. I also was sexually abused at four, but I didn't read oh that gosh. until I was 15. So this, just to clarify, this was nothing to do with my family. This was all outside my family. And after the rape, you know, the sexual abuse, having that recall come up at 15 was quite a poignant time in my life. And it really shook me, but I didn't really have anything to do. Like I couldn't do anything with it. And then the rape really cemented that in and, you know, cemented in, it just took me on a really nasty spiral downwards. So that took me down into depression and eating disorders, really very self-destructive behavior, you know, laxative abuse. I was having blackouts, post-traumatic stress disorder. And that lasted for a number of years. I was medicated for a number of years and I'm dealing with just mostly at that time, conventional psychology, but my body was also because of the eating disorders and also because I'd been living out of alignment with my own epigenetic profile, obviously unbeknownst to me at the time, my body was not healthy. And so I was on this dual path of trying to heal my body and trying to heal my heart and my mind at the same time. And I remember being in a pool at the age of 21 and and looking up at pool was empty (laughs) looking (laughs) up at the stars and realizing I had three choices I could either get better I could kill myself or I could keep going as I was now keeping on going as I was was absolutely no option killing myself I had some half-hearted attempts at doing that but there was always something that was kind of pulling me forward and so I realized okay well I guess it's get better then And that was the moment that I just made that decision. So I was pretty relentless and committed to healing and doing whatever it took from that moment on. And that led me into all sorts of things, everything from like rebirthing retreats, conventional psychology, as I said before, all the way into like shamanism. Then I was healing physically. So I was looking right into gut health, nutrition. um, And I just really followed these paths, went into like colon hydrotherapy and flow state and energetic healing and, you know, looked into the work of (laughs) and he talks about when, you know, the interrelation, when the body says no and the interrelationship with the body and the mind. And so after a while, I realized that, that we're not a mind, a body and a heart and a spirit. We're one whole cohesive being. And some of my work really highlighted that I was able to actually see in real time at working as a colon hydrotherapist, I was able to see in real time the relationship between the mind, the heart, the body, 
as people were in sessions with me. So that really cemented in for me that there's not even a mind-body connection. It's just we're one being and everything happens simultaneously. And then in that search, I was through all of that and through, you know, even physical training like CrossFit and things like that. I started to really ask the question, like, what is the one thing? Like, what's that one thing? And I was in relentless, this relentless pursuit of like the one thing because everything that I'd done, all the nutrition, all the spiritual work, all the emotional work had got me to a point, but it was not ever enough. And I was looking also already into epigenetics from the perspective of um, the interaction of that light has on the physical body. So I got right into mitochondrial. (laughs) I was exploring everything. And at the same time that I was doing that, I was also doing a year-long shamanic training. And in that, we were required to look down our mother line and to explore our maternal ancestry. And that's when I started to think about the link between epigenetics, which is really the science of gene expression and how our genes are in constant response to the world around us. And then down to the stories of our mother line. And I started looking into how does epigenetics relate to ancestry and do we carry the stories of our ancestors in our DNA at an epigenetic level, not just a genetic level? And the answer is yes, we absolutely do. So that was huge. And I got into intergenerational epigenetics and working with people to help them At that time, clearing what's called intergenerational trauma, I don't actually, I have a different bent on that now. And then uh, through that process, I got drawn into epigenetic profiling and helping people understand how we are epigenetically and hormonally wired to be who we are at a physical, mental, emotional, and I would even say spiritual level. So I weave now all of these through and an epigenetic profiling is a basis. It's the foundation of everything that I work from, but everything else then comes in and informs how I work with people because I just hold such a vast container (laughs) and I can see so much with what else is at play. Yeah. So I really follow the client, but I use this profiling as a foundational piece and it's so unbelievably powerful. And then we can, you know, go into ancestry. We can go into the physiology. We can go into, you know, what to eat for breakfast and how to set up your day. But we can also go into deep body connection and spiritual work. It's, it's profound. The work that I do is profound. I actually don't know anyone who does what I do that interweaves that level of science and practicality with that level of emotional and spiritual work as well. Holy shit. You jumped in head first to everything on your healing journey. Jesus, (laughs) everything you could think of. (laughs) (laughs) What was the first modality that you started your journey into and learning for yourself in your healing journey? What was the very first one? Reiki followed by ancestral nutrition. Now, when you think about it now and you look back, did you, I mean, starting with Reiki, was your plan always to continue? And as you learned about one, you found out about others and just kind of, I don't want to say piled them on top of one another, but just kind of delved deeper down that rabbit hole. And as you gathered more information and started your healing process, you learned about this. Oh, I want to learn about this. And I want to add this to my repertoire. I want to add this to my toolbox and just kept going in that way. Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) so curious. And I want to know why. It's like, why? How? So I'm always like looking underneath. It's like, yes, okay, there's this piece, but how does it work? And how does that work in relationship to this other piece? The other thing I want to say is I've been sitting in and facilitating women's circles for about two decades now as well. And that was probably the first thing before I did actually any training. I had my babies. I've got three sons. I'm so amazing to my current partner. And that's a beautiful man and a very interesting story there as well. But very early when I was pregnant with my sons, I had them all at home and I was involved with a local home birth group. And that was how I found women's circles. And that was really profound. It was one of the most profoundly healing things I ever did. And the power of women's circles, particularly well-facilitated women's circles, is absolutely game-changing. So I guess then epigenetics profiling is probably the foundation or the staple of all of your work. Like it all comes back to that and it all starts there. That's home base, right? 
that's home base. And that was what I got to when I was searching for what is the one thing, that was the one thing that could encompass everything the best. And how did you discover epigenetics and how did you stumble onto that? I remember when I was about in my early 20s, which I find this so fascinating. You know how life kind of dangles these fruits in front of you and then you don't really pick them up until decades later. Well, I was sitting on my couch at my parents' place and watching, I think, something on TV on the ABC and it was about intergenerational epigenetics. And I remember watching this program and I hadn't been that interested in anything else that was on, but there was something about this that just lit me up. And I watched the whole thing and I swear I had goosebumps all over my body the whole time, just listening, just like, whoa. And then I completely <laughs> forgot about it. And I didn't go back to it. I just didn't go back to it for decades. And I really didn't touch it until I was, I'm 45 now. I didn't touch it until I was 40 or maybe wow. before I was 40. But it was sparked. There was something that was sparked in me. You know, I spent about five years in the Northern Rivers in New South Wales, Australia. And if anyone knows Australia, they'll know that that's like a pretty hippie region, right? Okay. So there are a lot of people there that were talking about all sorts of interesting things. And one of the things that they spoke a lot about, even back then, was intergenerational trauma. And I remember thinking, you know, I would get frustrated with them because I I was like... (laughs) you know, just take personal responsibility for your stuff. Stop trying to bypass it and just take personal responsibility. And then it was later when I was doing that shamanic training for that year and also studying epigenetic and influence of light on the body through via the mitochondria, I was thinking, hang on a minute, hang on, is that the pathway that intergenerational trauma can happen? Oh my goodness, yes, this is how it works. This is the actual physiological pathway for how those things can happen. And then the profiling happened. That was actually a client. I had a client working with them and they said, hey, have you heard about epigenetic profiling? No, tell me, (laughs) where is this? And then I pretty much immediately went and did the training. (laughs) (laughs) An awakening is like, no, I've not heard of this, but I'm interested. Mm, Absolutely. What would you say was the biggest or most valuable takeaway or lesson for you after all of your experiences that you've been through, all the trauma, your healing, all of that? Yeah, you're not broken. No one's broken. We're never broken. We've never been broken. There's nothing broken about any of us. The sooner we understand that, the better off we'll be. That's a hard one to digest though, right? Because people, that's what people automatically assume is that they're broken. Yep. And they're trying to put labels on them. They're trying to compartmentalize themselves and place them in these boxes so that they can tick off a box and like, oh yeah, I'm this, I've got ADHD or I've got this or I've got, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, what if you're just you? And what if you don't need to be played? This is what I love about the work that I do because yes, it, it has health like epigenetic health types. There are six key areas where we are, effectively it works with hormones. So we're dominant in one to two hormones, but we have other hormones that also interplay. Like we have all of the hormones, but it's the levels that they are in our system. And depending on what level of what hormone is most alive and dominant in your system will determine how you have physically grown, how your gut works, how your nervous system works, how you see the world, what parts of your brain you use, how emotionally aware you are, everything physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, it can be tracked back to how we are hormonally and epigenetically wired. And when we understand that piece, suddenly it's like, oh, It's not that you need to be diagnosed with anything. It's just that you're higher in this dominant hormone. And if we align your life to understanding how that works and to be in flow with your unique profile, because everyone has this very precise profile, you might be dominant one hormone, but where you actually sit and what other things are at play is very different from everyone, for everyone. So it's like a fingerprint. Everyone has their own. Yeah very unique profile no two profiles are the same no they have similarities for sure right but Mm -hmm. as a coach i get to go into the back and have a look and it's like oh (laughs) (laughs) i do i get my like get really excited i was like get the get the popcorn out let's check this (laughs) 
but I just love them. Like, oh, wow, how fascinating. And then seeing how it will play out. And what is interesting is because we have multiple aspects to ourselves, multiple hormones are at play. Sometimes it can feel really contradictory. I have high levels of serotonin. That's my dominant hormone, but I also have high levels of adrenaline, testosterone, and dopamine. So my serotonin is like, yeah, let's chill out. We'll have a really cruisy day and just take everything easy. And I'll ramp up in the afternoon and you know, and then I'll, I'll be committed for a long term. Whereas adrenaline testosterone is like, I want to make decisions right now. And, you know, I want to pivot on the moment and everything that goes on for too long is boring. And they haven't done conclusive studies on this, but I would be very surprised if there was not a correlation between high levels of adrenaline testosterone, just as your dominant hormone and things like ADHD. Wow. You know, and I wonder how many people are being medicated and pigeonholed for something where if they just got into alignment with their hormones, they actually wouldn't need that. Man, you know, all this medicating people and zombifying people here, just give them meds. That'll fix everything. No, you're making shit worse. You just you just want them coming back and, and get your kickbacks as doctors for the meds you're prescribing. Right. When they don't even need the meds. Right. I mean, there's other solutions. There are definitely some things to put into place. And this is one of the most powerful things I have ever come across. And it's why I'm so passionate about it, because this is why I can say people are not broken. Yes, we're going to have traumas. Everyone in the world has trauma. Yeah. And if we didn't have trauma before two years ago, when we have it now. Yeah, Um, for sure. So I think we need to come to a place of, this is just part of the human experience is to have traumatic experiences. And when we can, yeah, love ourselves through it, but not put ourselves in the box of being broken because of it, that's when we start to get our power back. And when we have ways that we can align ourselves to be in the most flow and we can therefore feel validated, liberated and celebrated to be authentically ourselves. And that's really the power of this technology. We get to look at ourselves and go, and particularly when you have a coach, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to help people see how much of a genius they are. It's like, oh my goodness, this is your genius zone. This is where you're brilliant. This is where you shine. Yeah, you're going to have to watch out for this bit over here, but that's okay. Like you have awareness around that now. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just that your genius is in this arena. So why would someone come to you, Genevieve, and say, okay, I want to know my epigenetic profile? What are some of the reasons your clients come to you? Like, why would I come to you for my epigenetic profile? What benefits is that for me too? When I first got into it, I had a lot of people coming because they were having gut issues, obviously coming out from being a colon hydrotherapist. I was kind of known for that. So people coming for that. And then as I was working with it more, I was getting more people coming in from the spiritual side as well, helping them to deal with intergenerational trauma, which now I look through a different perspective more as ancestral alchemy. So rather than focusing on the trauma that happened in our past, how about we focused at the gifts that our ancestors left us and how can we embody them more and bring them more out into the world? So that's a really cool spin. Again, no one does. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of the people who come to me now, where I've gone to, and particularly out of this year, is around self-optimization. It's like, how can I be? So I get biohackers. How can I be the very best version of myself? And people who are on their own deep internal journey love working with that. People who want to lose weight, (laughs) I get. You know, because I'm 45 and I look good. I'm just going to say that. And... People want to know why you don't look 45. How do you look 45? I was like, well, because I'm in alignment with the truth of who I am. And then the other piece, and this is absolute gold and I'm so excited to share. And it has come from the most intense year long journey this year is around relationships, how the work that I do helps people understand who they are, how they work. And then I get to help them see that in their partners and I now work in relationship translation so helping couples in particular but also even like parents and people in business like business partners when we understand how we work 
and how we see the world in particular and what our core needs, core values, perspectives, our desires, all of these things are wired into us. So when we understand who we are, when we understand the other person and when we take responsibility for meeting our needs outside of our relationship instead of laying them at the feet of someone else or blaming or projecting onto the other person, we take responsibility for our own stuff because we know who we are, then we can actually start to meet in synergy and we get to dance in the joy of our differences because we don't want to be with people who are the same as us. That is like that's just a gray marsh. We want that would be boring as hell. So boring. And often there's a saying, you know, we often love and leave someone for the same reason. When we get with someone in the beginning, it's like, oh, they're so different. How interesting. I love that about them. And then after a while, you know, life kicks in and things get hard. And we're no longer in the everything's fun and exciting new stage. And then the same things that we loved about the person, we now hate about them. (laughs) But if we can actually understand how to work with that, we get to then keep the aliveness of those differences and we get to really become the dance of synergy. How can we work with our differences so that we're both in our shining and in our radiance? I love Love that bit. And that came off the back of a year long, like my partner and I have been together for 20 years and this year I didn't think we were going to make it. It was incredibly challenging and distressing. I cannot (laughs) explain to you how hard this year has been to unpack 20 years of codependency and look down the barrel of losing that relationship that has been so important to me. But I can't even imagine. Yeah, but... In the process of doing that, we took it to ground zero. We fully deconstructed it. And through understand, like I dove deep into this. I'm like, what the hell is going on? What is playing out here? And in that process, and we have done, like you've heard this, I've done so much personal development work. Like we're talking 25 years of hacking. I know stuff. And then my partner, he's done a you know, a good 20 years as well. We've been doing men's circle and you know he's been doing a lot of stuff for a long time. He's a very savvy man. He's a lawyer, you know, he's no idiot at all. Yeah. We thought we knew each other and we thought we knew ourselves, but it wasn't until we unpacked it through this epigenetic lens in a whole new way through trying to understand ourselves at this depth that we realized exactly how fundamentally different we are and how to work with that. So, so many things changed in that. Like we now live in separate rooms. We have very separate schedules, but we get to come together with play and enjoyment and really bounce off each other's strengths and support each other where in in the weaknesses, but not through a victim rescuer dynamic. It's like, yeah, I'm going to support you, but I'm not going to get caught up in your stuff. That's your stuff. Yeah. You're going to t- need to take responsibility for it. And likewise, I'm going to take responsibility for mine. And then because we're taking responsibility for ourselves outside that dynamic, when we come together, it is just delicious. It's so beautiful and so rich and it's just getting better all the time. So what we get to reimagine now through the reconstruction of this relationship in a whole new way is so juicy. And honestly, this is where the power of what I want to do is coming from now because I don't know anyone. I've watched relationships crumble all around me, particularly this year, and ours is standing or ours didn't stand. It went down to ground zero. It was really right. big. But, we, but well, rebuilt. It's being rebuilt in a whole new way and it's freaking beautiful. I kind of see it like acts in a play, you know. We had like our first act and then we had to have intermission and now it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, and what does act two hold? Or act <laughs> two, yeah. That's incredibly fucking powerful. So powerful, so game-changing. And even in how I relate to other people, how I see my children now, and because they're all very different. You know, my partner's and yeah, he sits polar opposite to me on, on this sort of circle. You kind of have to have a look at it, but how it all is laid out. But, yeah, how my children, they're so different and how I get to celebrate their uniqueness through this different lens now. It's like, oh, yeah, of course you like that. Oh, my goodness, I love that. Yeah, you're probably going to want want to watch that 
because other people aren't going to appreciate that about you. But it doesn't yeah. mean you're wrong. It just means you're going to need to pay attention to taking care of other people as well. And yeah, in my friendship circles and with my clients, it's completely changed everything going through this process and diving even deeper into epigenetics. Oh, Incredible. <laughs> so speaking of clients, what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what types of things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? Probably the number one thing is investment as in investment of themselves. So I'm not going to handhold. Like I'm really in. When I'm in with a client, I am in and I take on only a handful of clients at a time because I invest myself so deeply. And, you know, people don't come for me for individual sessions. I also set them up on, you know, Voxer or WhatsApp or something. And so I'm available. It's as a, you know, in between sessions, I'm available. Right. It's an ongoing process. It's a a container that we're in for a while. So I need to know that my clients are also in that container and invested just as much as me, ideally more. That's probably number one. Then it's really understanding what it is that you're after. So a lot of the people are here for self, you know, how do I get as good as I can be? And that can, that really can be for anything. For me, a lot of it is around resonance, but it's also, what are you here to bring in? I want to know that you're here for something greater than yourself. If you're just here to, yeah, it's like, what have you got to bring to the world? Because I want to support people that are going to also share my vision of the evolution of humanity. For sure. And in whatever way, I don't care, actually. (laughs) I don't. But what matters is that you're here for something that is greater than yourself and you want to be as in flow and as aligned as possible so that you can bring that through. Because what I offer brings this full breadth of, you know, how to be physically more in flow so that you have the vitality, the energy, the clarity to be able to do whatever it is that you're doing with the fullness of yourself, that you can have these great relationships and that you can not just with your intimate partners, although that is a huge passion of mine. So now I am getting more couples and I'm loving that. But again, it's, you know, I'm not interested in people who are going to be stuck in the brokenness piece. If you're attached to being broken, I'm not interested. It's actually boring. It's a waste of time. And I know that sounds really brutal, but when we're stuck in that victim place, we are wasting our own and everyone else's time. And it's actually just not true. So I'm a champion for that. It's like, (laughs) we've got some stuff to do. There is a world that needs like... That, that needs our magic. And I want people who like, want to bring their magic to the world. So how can I That's help you that? I've got so much, man, in my toolkit. But yeah, you got to be in. You got to be in with me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it though, right? We're all brought here with our own unique gifts and we shouldn't be denying the world of that. We're all here for a purpose. And I think we're meant to share our gifts with the world so that the world can benefit from those. We shouldn't be denying the world of our gifts. Absolutely. And, you know, there is a certain section of the community that has no problem stepping out and claiming what they want. And very often it's the people with the biggest hearts that step back and we need the people with the big hearts and the big visions and the big hopes to step forward desperately. Yeah, that's right. So if I can help those people to step forward, but yeah, as I said, you got to be at that point where it's right. I'm done with my stories and I'm ready to go. I'm rolling my sleeves up and I'm ready to jump in and do the work. Yeah. And in that way, then I, I work with people, you know, with other entrepreneurs, but who have I got in? At the moment, I've got this awesome couple, one partner of which is a psychotherapist and also a primitive skills expert. And he's creating like a psychotherapy program for other psychotherapy practitioners that is very nature and earth-based. So he's super fun. It's like, great. How do I bring that to the, we need more of that? Absolutely. I've got other amazing yeah, entrepreneurs who are bringing their vision to life and supporting other people. So I love supporting people who are also supporting people. I love the ripple love effect. It. Yes. Mm. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work you do? It's the possibility of the impossible. Seeing what is made possible when we remove the clutter and the confusion, because particularly with this profiling, most of the time 
when I do the profile and then I'm reflecting back to people what I see, what I get back is, oh, I knew that. And it's like, yeah, most of the time we do know this, but we're conditioned to believe that it's not okay or that it's not valid particularly when we're talking about something very fundamental like aligning our days. Our whole world is structured on aligning our days to suit a very small section of the community. And when I give people permission, and literally that's what it is, it's like, yeah, take your morning slow for some people. Yeah. Or for other people, it's like you need to get up and you need to move straight away or you need to get up and who, who's your walking buddy? Find someone that you can connect with early on in the day that's going to make you feel good. That's a priority. There's some really simple things that can have a really big impact because when people are in alignment and in flow, they're happier. They have the energy, they have the vitality. So I love the, while I have a very, very big vision and I see things through a very broad lens, what I offer are very practical, grounded solutions. And that's magic. Actually, I just had a client the other day and she's this beautiful connector. She's wide by oxytocin and beautiful woman. Oh my Lord. People who are wired by oxytocin are all all about um, group harmony and just, and and joy, the joy of life and experiencing joy and everyone feeling good. So they're like super amazing to have in your field, but she'd been caring for so many other people and she was running two businesses and she had a baby and she was caring for a mom and she was getting married and just so much. She'd just taken on so much and so much of it was other people that were leaning on her to support them. And she was just burnt out completely. So for me to be able to give her the permission and say, babe, you have so much to bring, but right now your main goal right now is to see how many times you get to lie in the sun and put your feet up today. The other piece will come back and your vitality will come back. But right now, self-care is absolutely critical because without it, you've got nothing and we need you in the world. There you go. That's it. So how long does it take for you to create and read someone's profile when they come to you to get profiled? How long is that process usually? So I start with a Kickstarter and a little Kickstarter package, which is three sessions. The first session is about two hours, one and a half. If I'm working with a couple, then the first session is two hours because I'll do both profiles. I'll measure themselves. It's based on measurements, physical measurements. So we have to have like a physical, like a, like a sewing tape measure and we measure our body and, and from the ratio between the measurements, it comes up with this profile plus health and lifestyle and ancestry questions. It's all very, it's data driven. So we take all of that for an individual, it's about 90 minutes for a couple, it's two hours. We get the very basic profile and sort of the front end. And I'll be like, oh, okay, you've come up as this. Cool. And then I go away and I will look in the back end and I'll read right through the profile because the platform's really big. It's called PH360 Epigenetic Profiling and I'll give um, you a link if you want and you can put it in the show notes. Sure. Um, and then it comes up with six sections. So we've got fitness, movement, social work, genius and lifestyle and environment. So in those sections, you get all of these different areas. You get like a whole food list. You get the time of like how to set out your day for, to eat the best for your particular wow. yeah you get recipes and everything's very practical and then one of the top things on my profile it's like people may be surprised at how quickly you can change your mind and then it'll give me a little tip and that's my activator speaking and then further on down the line you know, it'll say something about it's best to take your mornings really slowly so it's I can see <laughs> in the fact that it can be quite contradictory so it takes me you know a good couple of hours to read through the back of that and really distill down particularly because I question in that first session what are you here for like what's the lens that you want me to look at your profile through and then I start to piece the patterns together of how to strategize and you know what are the next best steps for this individual person and then we jump on another call and that call is about 90 minutes and that's a real this is what I've seen and these are your next three top strategy you know points and then we do a follow-up call so all of that takes around about a month three weeks to a month. You want to be able to see people action things. We do the first one, then about a week later, we'll do the second one. And then we have a little bit of a break so that things can be actioned. 
And in that time also I'm available for, hey, how are you going? What's going on? Any clarification? Plus I set up a Dropbox folder so people have extra support to navigate their files and extra things, you know, because I have so many other modalities, I've put together things like ideal breathing, little videos or downloads for things. So they get all of this stuff that's going to support them as an individual. What are some of the other modalities that you incorporate into your work with your clients then? Definitely the Pateco breathing. I do embodied movement as well. So I'd work a lot with um, non-linear movement and free movement. That's incredibly powerful for reprogramming the subconscious mind and recalibrating the, the nervous system. Unbelievably powerful. Otherwise, no, like... People see it as an ecstatic dance, but the way I see it through a scientific lens is non-linear movement because we can we get to reprogram our system when we do things that we've never done before. And when we move in a way we've never moved before, that's having a direct impact on our subconscious mind as well. It's really powerful. I also work with ceremony and ritual. I teach people how to re-imprint their own epigenetics by understanding the way that ceremony and ritual work. So ceremony effectively is a big experience and ritual is a intentional repetition of behavior over time. So when people know how to use that and why you would use ceremony and ritual and then how to do it, that's really, really powerful, incredibly powerful. So I also incorporate deep dive I take people on these deep dive journeys as well as teach them how to do it themselves and how to work with it through a logical scientific lens. It's bringing the science <laughs> and the spirituality together because I teach them how to hack their physiology or hack their subconscious mind through the senses using you know things like sight, sound, touch, etc. So I bring that in when we go on a longer journey. So I work with people for you know months at a time will actually completely redo their house like I'll teach them how to work with lighting and how to work with EMFs and things like that because I've done all of that as well <laughs> so it's really can be depends on how deep you want to go with me it can be yeah. a complete overhaul wow every part and then we can also bring in so that would be if I'm working with an individual if I'm working with a couple I start off with the relationship translation Kickstarter, which is four sessions. So that's a couple session where we get the profiles. Then I go back and look at both of the profiles and I'll do an individual session each and help people get into, you know, that clarification alignment with who they are, but also help them understand their partners a little bit in that session. And then we have a, like a couple strategy session afterwards. So cool. This is who you guys are. Like, how are you going to work with each other? How do we set it up so that you guys get to be in maximum flow together? That's really fun. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. You're like this. Wow. That will be really annoying sometimes. And you're like that. That's kind of really great on them. Excellent. What do we do to <laughs> so that that yeah. well? Yeah. Really fun. <laughs> I want to speak a little bit about you being a best-selling author. What was that process like for you? How did the opportunity come about for you, first of all, to write? Your, it was part of a collaborative book, correct? Yeah. I've actually. So done, how did that all come about? I've actually done three. So okay. three collaborative books, Embrace Your Feminescence and Illuminate Your Feminescence, which is just coming out on paperback um, by the end of the year. And the Women Gone Wild Wealth Edition book, which I speak about ancestral wealth in that super juicy. That's coming out at the end of the year as well. I think it'll be released hardcover in March. So how did I get into that? Yeah, I just saw this amazing woman in my local area who was putting together this book and she also created Feminescence magazine. So I was invited to be part of that and profiled in that. And then that led to the book. And then that also led me to be uh, being the ambassador for the Feminescence 2022 magazine. So I'm the ambassador for that one. And then that also led into the Women Gone Wild. So it's all of these, again, breadcrumbs, these little trails yeah. and threads that we follow. And it's been amazing, such a rich experience and so wonderful to also connect with all of these women in these books from all over the world. It's really been so wonderful. That's incredibly powerful. Yeah. That sense of community. Yeah. Yeah. Through absolutely. the books. It's amazing. Absolutely. 
I would also love to speak about your journey into the world of being a TEDx speaker. That's a dream for a lot of people. Was this something that was a bucket list item for you or something that you had aspired to do? Yeah, absolutely. When I saw my first TED talk, I was like, I am going to do that one day. (laughs) And I think that probably was about 20 years ago. And I did it at about this time last year. In fact, it was released on the 21st of December last year. Wow. So we're almost at the one year mark. Almost at the one year mark. And yeah, in that, uh, it was amazing. I had the best time, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. How did that opportunity come about for you? Yep. Again, connections. I'm connected with the woman, the woman who runs a feminescence magazine, Charmore. She's a beautiful woman. And she's like, Hey, I I know someone. Are you interested in doing this? Because I know someone that has links to the TED community. And I was like, absolutely. So, you know, so many times, and I would say this for a lot of people, I would really encourage people to really follow the call of their soul. It's confusing. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Most of the time, and in fact, I write about this in Illuminate Your Feminescence, that really I've just followed the call of my soul step by step. And it's been really challenging because I am quite science-driven. So I'm like, I'm following the call of my soul, but it's not logical. (laughs) (laughs) It's like internal. It's scary. Yeah, it's so scary. But there's always to trust and allow, right? Yes. And it's not comfortable. It is scary. It doesn't always lead you where you think it's leading you. But what I am finding is the deeper I trust that. And obviously, you know, you want to take your brain with you when you go on these journeys. You don't you don't <laughs> no. want to just be like <laughs> flying with the wind. You know, there's got to there's got to be some yeah. balance. We're, we're an integrated being for a reason. We are body, mind, heart, and spirit for a reason. Use all parts of yourself. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, when, but when I have really lent into that strange and scary soul calling, it has led me to the most amazing places and I've met the most amazing people and you're one of them. The, oh, thank you. I'm flattered. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing amazing things in the world. I totally want to be connected with you and people like you and the people in your community. Like the people in your community, are, they're all queens. Everyone's <laughs> queen. <laughs> well, I, I am very grateful for you as well. And you are an incredible human being as well. And as they say, like attracts like, right? So it's, if we surround ourselves with the community, like-minded community, then, you know, we come together and we rise together. We're unstoppable when we're united. Absolutely. And it's so needed. It is. You're right. When you can understand the dynamics of how we can do that well, because we get who we are and we understand that other people don't see the world the way we do. You know, we We're going to change the fucking world, Genevieve. <laughs> totally. But to do that, we have to understand our differences and we have to know how to work with them through a cohesive dynamic and yes, be able to celebrate sure. the diversity in a, in a powerful way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. There's so much power in uniting with like-minded people. And that's exactly what is needed right now. And it's starting to happen. People are coming together more and people are awakening more and realizing that this is possible. It's so possible. If anything I've been relentlessly committed to, it's the possibility of the impossible. And what I'm seeing now is really how possible it is. When my relationship really fell apart and we had to get really gritty with it and then be able to rebuild it. It's possible because we actually do have the tools if we are aware of them. And most people aren't even aware of epigenetic profiling. It's cutting edge. And I want to change that. (laughs) Absolutely. And you will with the work you're doing. We need to get that information out there and the world needs to know about it because what I'm seeing with my partner and I is we are reimagining love and we get to love each other free. That's my new catchphrase. Imagine if we all got to love each other free. Imagine yeah. if we were able to be fully expressed in the truth of who we are and be celebrated in that. Every single one of us. 
And that's the power of this technology. And that is so what I'm here for. I love it. And you will. And this is exactly how we get the word out there. But this is through platforms like this, having people like you speak and share the work that you're doing out into the world to bring awareness to it. So grateful for the opportunity, Brad, honestly. Hand on heart. And, so grateful. <laughs> and I am grateful for you and to have you on the platform to share about this. I'm learning here as we go too. So this is amazing. It's absolutely powerful and incredible. And the more people we make aware of this, the better off the world will be and the better off that we will all be when we come together as the collective to rise. Absolutely. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Uh, like we just really understood ourselves and we could I understand, know. oh yeah, they're probably, you know, like <laughs> when I see other the people. power in that. Like, yeah, the power in that. And how I can, like I had a situation the other day where I was just able to diffuse it really quickly because I went, oh, okay, this guy is probably wired by adrenaline testosterone. Right. This is how I'm going to need to approach this. And it was like yeah. immediately it just went from conflict to, yeah. oh, thanks for receiving me. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I love it. Now that's powerful. <laughs> So powerful. Genevieve, what does the word empowerment mean to you? I've had a real dance with this word because I hear people say, and I actually don't know if you say this, so I hope I'm not being offensive when I say this. (laughs) (laughs) But empowering other people, I struggle with that because I believe that power, empowerment comes from within. We can hold space for people to access their own power, but we don't get to empower anyone. They will have to come to that place themselves. So empowerment for me is around tapping into our innate capacity and also being committed to our own journey so that we then step up into what we are here for and what is possible for us. I think we can help people reach empowerment by shining a light on their gifts, shining a light on their their inner gifts and their abilities. But no, you're right. We can't empower people specifically. Yeah. I agree I, I, with I, you. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I know over time I have needed people to hold space for me because I have definitely felt very disempowered in my life. And being in women's circles or, you know, working with other health professionals or being in, you know, shamanic journeys or whatever, being in containers and spaces or having friends or having my incredible partner, even my beautiful children, they're so inspiring and having them reflect back to me what I already carry, but I don't necessarily believe about myself or holding space for me to step into my power has been incredibly empowering but ultimately we can only ever do so much for someone and the real gift is when we take the opportunities that we have and what we're surrounded by and and the reflections that people offer us and we go somewhere with that absolutely utilize what we've been shown 100 percent. yeah what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful (laughs) relentless commitment Um, (laughs) plain and simple that's it (laughs) it's that and it's also I'm very good at seeing the way things are interwoven the interconnectedness of things and being able to reflect back so we're being wired by serotonin one of our core wounds because our core wounds can be identified through this platform as well if you know what you're looking for so one of my core wounds is low self-worth So not thinking I'm good enough, not thinking I'm worthy has been something that has plagued me. What that means when I work with people is I see that in other people and I can reflect to other people what I see in them. That is so powerful and so, oh, that is such a superpower because I can reframe things for people and I hear the subtext. So I hear when right. someone comes to me and, and they might deflect something and say, oh, I'm, I'm not, you know, oh, thanks, but I'm not. And I'll turn it around. And that's definitely a superpower of mine. And seeing the way everything is woven together and, and being able to, you know, when I work with someone, I'm, I'm seeing not just how to work with them at a deep spiritual level, but I'm also like, okay, cool. And how do we plan your day to actually facilitate that process or, yeah. What kind of exercise do we need? Do you need to incorporate to 
you know, that's really going to support your physical body because in supporting your physical body, it's going to support everything else that you do. So it's that play of like the, the, all of the different aspects of the single human that I love, like weaving that together. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Um, What does it mean to me? Yeah, I feel like it's very personal for me when I look at the things that I feel really successful in, it's my relationship with my partner. It's my relationship with my children. It's when I look at my children who are 18, 15 and 12 and know that my three sons are going to make the world a really more beautiful place just by existing. Whatever they do, they're actually like, I, I would be surprised if they don't go all go out and do something quite remarkable actually, because they're just watching them now. They're all yeah. interesting and remarkable things already. But regardless of that, you know, even if they just get a nine to five job and they just do, you know, relatively ordinary things, the people that they are changes who they're around. And that I'd say, you know, that's been a 20, nearly a 20 year investment, that parenting journey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I have invested a lot of myself because when I found out I was pregnant, which it was a surprise, my first child was a surprise. And I was determined to do the best damn job I could. Come what, whatever it took, I was going to do the best damn job I, I could. And I'm seeing that pay dividends. You know, I'm seeing them stepping into their themselves more and more. And even though they might be choosing things, like my eldest son is now going to the army, which is so far away from my hopes and dreams for him. But the success in that is one, he, we're, we're maintaining a dialogue through this and we're able to reach each other and keep connected through this whole process, even though when I first heard this, it completely broke my heart. And that is a huge success. The fact that we are sit diametrically opposed in this situation and we're still loving and caring for each other. The fact that I've got this incredibly beautiful human that's about to go into the military and at one hand it could be, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose him, but maybe the military is going to gain him and what that could potentially do. And the success of, you know, unpacking a 20-year relationship, that is like, I don't, and, and rebuilding it, I don't know anyone who's done that. Like, damn, that's successful. So these that are is. probably my biggest successes. And then, yeah, there's my business and working with my clients. Man, I love working with my clients and and seeing them step into more and more themselves and unapologetically, huge success. And then, of course, of course, there's things like writing the books that's been one them going to bestseller and that's been so exciting. The TEDx major success moment, I was like, oh my God. Yes, dreams, dreams come true. For sure they do. And there's more of those on the horizon, absolutely. I want to write my own books. I feel like there's a book out there. There's definitely some relationship books happening um, for sure and certain. And just, yeah, I just have so much to share. So I feel like success is varied and it comes in many different ways. And also the success of myself, you know, where I've come from and who I am now. I'm really proud of who I am now. It's taken a really long time and a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work. And particularly after this year, because this year really took me into myself and at, a, at another level, it was brutal. And standing pretty much on the other side of that, I, I know I'm a different person. I know I'm a different woman and I'm really proud of her. She's a And so you should success. be. <laughs> So I, I open up that floor to, you know, what does success mean? And I, I feel the question, what does success mean to you is really, really vital because we can be very narrow. And yet, of course, the financial success, you know, I feel like that is what happens well, for me. That's what happened on the other side of all of these other successes. That is the result yeah. of deep success that has come from within. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Ooh, you know, I could say there's a number of people that are coming to mind, but I really can't go past my partner. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing, okay? Okay, let's go. <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? 
inspired. What is your favorite self-care practice? Ecstatic dance. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? You're not broken. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Freedom. What is your biggest fear? Dying without making a difference. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Inspiring the possibility of the impossible. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most? Oh, man. I'd say the rape and then this year. What is something surprising you've learned about yourself in the last year? <laughs> so many things, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest surprise. Oh, how powerful I am. Actually. That's a beautiful one. Mm. The fact that you're able to learn that because so many people never learn just how powerful they are because everybody is powerful. Everybody mm -hmm. has that power within them. So yeah. good for you and kudos to you for learning that. Yeah. And it came because everything was falling away and it was like, well, it's down to you, sister. What you going to do? <laughs> what is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? That you are the one you've been waiting for. Another powerful one. That's beautiful. I love that. Because when it comes down to it, our relationship with ourselves is the most important and the longest lasting relationship we'll ever have in life. Oh, man. I say this to people, particularly about their bodies. I have this, I have a saying like your body is on your side. Your body is your greatest ally. And yeah, coming back to that, we are born and that is the only thing we have. We have ourselves, we have this body and that's it, you know? Yep. And yep. then we go through our whole life and we have our parents and we have, you know, other carers and we have other people in our lives and we do all of these things. But at the end of the day, it's just going to be you and your body, that's you and your it. heart. And oh, one of the things I love helping people do is making, really making friends with their body, like coming home to the yeah. to wisdom of the of themselves and their body. Genevieve, what aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? Radical compassion. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Knowing, uh, this is, yeah, this has been gold. Knowing that because I'm wired by serotonin, I am going to be more prone to depression and I have been in the past and how to look after that is to make sure I have plenty of time, space and nature. So time and space being actually not just time and space in my mind, in my physical environment, making sure I have like a spacious environment as well as time and space to make decisions just time and space in every aspect of my life has been absolutely vital and claiming that it's like, no, I'm going to need time to think about that or I'm not feeling great. I need to go for a walk and take some time and space out in nature that yeah, time and space in nature, absolutely gold. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, any woman in the world, man. There's so many good ones. <laughs> Probably Kelly Brogan, actually. Dr. Kelly Brogan. She's a holistic psychiatrist in the States okay. and she's an absolute revolutionary babe. Love her. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I got you, babe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Lastly, Genevieve, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Every single person here has the capacity to make an incredible impact in the world. And that impact is so desperately needed. I invite you to take a moment and to drop into the truth of what I'm saying, that what you hold 
is not held by anyone else, that what you're here for is not carried by anyone else, it's not for anyone else, that what you bring to the world is only able to be brought by you and we need you to step up and step forward. And if I can help you do that in any way possible, then I am so here for that because we have a world that is at the precipice of stepping into either complete destruction or complete radiance and what world do you want to create let's fucking do it (laughs) wow that was powerful and a beautiful way to end the interview genevieve thank you so very much for making and taking the time to be here with me today and for sharing a little bit about your story, your journey, and the incredibly beautiful work you're doing. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world. I am honored to have had this opportunity to sit down and chat with you, and I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. You are just a beautiful, wonderful soul, and I'm grateful to be connected to you and to be able to call you a friend. So thanks for being the beautiful soul that you are. Uh, Yes, we're all mirrors. So thank you so much. And I am so delighted and really, really appreciate the opportunity, Brad. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Genevieve Searle. She is known as the Optimization Queen. She's an epigenetics profiler, a TEDx speaker, and a number one bestselling author. Thank you so much, Genevieve. I hope you have an amazingly amazingly beautiful rest of the day. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.